Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I was always really surprised the series made it to the fourth movie without being shit. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Saw 4, which released in 2007 from writers Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan and directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story for Saw 4 follows Lyric Bent playing Officer Rigg. We've seen him in the last two movies watching his fellow partner detectives die in gruesome saw traps. But now it's Riggs' turn to go into his own trap and face not only his own fears, but the things that Jigsaw himself wants him to see. Their lives hang in the balance of your obsession. Will you learn how to let go and truly save them? The choice is yours. So, based on the... Well, actually, no, differently this time. This right, film yeah. was greenlit pretty much the same time Saw 3 was. Right, okay, yeah. Although this marks the departure of Lee Winnell now as part of the writing team for the franchise. Yeah. Though he still has a producer credit. I guess he's still just getting paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but this time around, we have two new writers, which, when they auditioned to be the writers for the next Saw franchise... Yeah. They actually were not given the Saw Bible which actually explains all the things that every Saw movie should have. Right. But apparently okay. they didn't even need that because when they turned up for the audition, mm. they actually turned up with a plan for Saw 4, 5, and 6. Okay. And so because they kind of had this franchise plan coming in, they got the job. Nice. Because they had an idea that they keep the franchise going because clearly there was one coming out every Halloween now. Yeah, yeah. And just like previous movies, this was mostly shot in one location. It was also shot again in 32 days. And they also managed to bring back a lot of the uh, recurring cast members that you may have considered dead in the previous film. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this one coming out, and uh, I think it was you who first mentioned it to me, that it was coming out every Halloween, and I hadn't noticed it before. And I thought, oh, really? Okay, let's see how this goes. So I didn't actually go see it in the cinema. I waited for it to come out on DVD, and I got a nice box set with it all and sat down and I, I watched it and it was you know coming off the back of number three you know this one yeah like you said it's continuity kind of continues especially from the the previous three movies so like I said being the fourth movie in this series and actually making sense and actually having a coherent storyline with recurring cast members from previous movies and the killer is you know dead because we see him at the beginning with his throat slit i'm like how can people not be enjoying this fucking horror series you know this has actually got some intelligence behind it it's got something that a lot of horror movies don't have by you know not allowing me to switch my brain off absolutely i do appreciate the consistency where you know it well i mean for this film kind of onwards it feels much more episodic yes like because they know there's you know we've got more movies coming after this one it feels like it can just break it down and and it doesn't feel like an entire story now it feels no. like we are just getting chapter four yeah yeah you know, which which is fine i guess because well the, the franchise is thriving at this point even though the main character is dead yes yeah you think it's over just because i'm dead it's not over the games have just begun. I mean, with that start off, we'd already said it in number three. We'd we'd seen him kind of um, cover this tape in wax and then swallow it. So we we opened this one with this amazing autopsy sequence where they've got the you know 
John Kramer's body there on the autopsy table. He's got the damage from obviously the uh, the surgery he'd had in number three. He's got the damage on the yeah, neck. I really like the prosthetic. Apparently, it took oh, them two weeks to meticulously build that prop yeah. jigsaw like uh, John Kramer, uh, like for the hair, the eyes, the damage, the injuries. I do and don't like the filter they've put on here, where yeah. like everything else is almost black and white. Yeah, yeah. Yet all the red, the blood and gore just pops on the screen because yeah. of it. So it's extra gory. It, it kind of feels like a clean room, you know, it's yes. too clean because everything is just so black and white. And then, yeah, the blood all comes out, but it, it stands out. It's gory. You know, the, we're five minutes into a fucking saw movie and right. here's all your gore. They're practically peeling the, the face off of the scalp, you know, and looking at his brain. Opening, and opening up the chest, chest, opening up the stomach and yeah. then finding the tape. Now, apparently it, this was supposed to end Saw 3, mm. but I guess like they didn't shoot it. They didn't want to. And then they moved it to the beginning of this one yeah. where we now have Hoffman that was introduced in the previous film yeah. listening to that stomach tape. Yeah, yeah. Costas Mandalore, uh, Detective Hoffman, he'd briefly been in number three, you know, talking about the traps. And it had been implied like he'd been working with all the departments. One thing I do love about this series, I also hate as well, is that the policemen or police officers in this movie series are fucking inept. Yeah. You know, it's like they are working. I don't know what department they're working for, but this police department is run terribly <laughs> well, aren't they like fbi agents now they're no, federal no, agents no they're not we actually have two federal agents That's actually what I mean. finally turn up yeah. in this one to investigate what's going on with these detectives because half the police force is dead yeah and we're half corrupt with you know the people in the city are fleeing from this jigsaw killer we don't know what city we're still in um but yeah i costas mandalore like i said i always mistake him for james reamer you know and and he starts the movie off um, leading with Riggs going after Kerry's body. Um, they come up to her trap. Oh, actually, no, sorry, I've, I've jumped too far ahead. We get the first trap in the cemetery mausoleum. That's right. Two strangers waking up. One is blinded. The other one is muted yeah. by stitches. And there's a contraption in the middle that connects them both through these chains that's slowly going to crank them in. And then, well, suffocate them or rip their heads off. Yeah. But, of course, it's their panic which springs the trap into motion. But there's no tape. There's no tape this time. There's just kind of... Well, maybe there was, but you didn't get time to find it or look for it. Well, that's it. it. It's kind of revealed later on um, what this all, all, all leads into. But, honestly, there's there's no tape. you got the blind guy pulling on his chain. you got the guy with the mouth stitched up. He's pulling on his chain. And the two of them are fighting over it until... The, the guy with no eyes is pulled onto the machine and the guy with his mouth stitched up fucking beats him with a hook because yeah, they're so fighting. I, I think the bold guy is Trevor and we'll find out that the other guy is called Art, Art. Blank. Yeah. And yeah, Art does manage to get the upper hand yeah. and uh, bludgeon him with the hammer. Because well, he, sees the, he sees the key on the back of the, yeah. the bolder guy's uh, neck. So he manages to kill him, get the key, free himself, only to find that there's yet another tape and another message for him. So I'm like, well, his game's just beginning. His game's just but beginning. It, it's one of those setups, one of those games where I was just like, I mean... Yeah, like the blind guy was just uncontrollable rage at that point. I and mean, even if the guy took the axe that was thrown at him and cut his stitches, he could have verbalized something to him. He could have, Instead yeah. of just going, well, I'm just going to have to kill you now. Yeah. But okay, I probably wouldn't have jumped but, to that conclusion right away. But it's the core of a Saw movie, Saw Trap, is that they're not going to think... No, they're well, not. They're, they're, they're going to I mean, panic you, you, and throw exactly. each other. Exactly. You yeah. imagine that's how you would probably react in that situation too. But but looking at it objectively, I'm like, he could have used that axe. He could have cut he the wires on the mechanism. Yeah, yeah, he could have he jammed could've... the gears. He could have cut his stitches and talked to the guy. But no, hammer to the head, 
best solution apparently yeah yeah and it, it does also make me question because once he's fucking hammered trevor i was just like well what did trevor do that was so bad that that's how he ended up okay um but like i said we've we've also got hoffman and rig they've come across uh kerry's trap which we know from saw 3 was set by amanda and set to actually kill her um and this is when we're introduced to agent stram played by scott patterson and Athena Karkinas, uh playing Agent Perez. And they're your first federal agents who have turned up. I mean, this is six months, six months after Eric Matthews has disappeared and an undisclosed amount of time since Detective Tap was killed in the first fucking movie that the FBI have actually gone, oh, there's something going on down there we should investigate. Fucking Mulder and Scully would have been here so much faster. Um, but immediately, Stram is walking around, pointing things out. Oh, Amanda couldn't have lifted up her. Did this guy get the script? I know. Because he he's... walks in and he's like, give me that UV light. Look, there's, there's writing it's all, writing all up there. You know, we, we know that Amanda's too fucking big. Yeah, he just, seems... he just seems to know everything. And he's grabbing the picture. He's like, this is the person we need to speak to right now. Go and get me Jigsaw's ex-wife. That's okay. A, there's, a, there's a cut as well. I didn't understand it myself. Was Jill Tuck, uh, played by Betsy Russell. Um, Betsy Russell was playing... John Kramer's ex-wife. And so she's the like, main suspect to question throughout all of these things. What she know about John Kramer. And she gets brought in to be questioned. And Agent Perez sits there as the good cop. You know, oh, we just want to get to know you. We want to see what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And Jill kind of completely shuts her down. Look, anything to do with Jigsaw, John Kramer now is nothing to do with me. Why don't we just get right to the point? And so Agent Perez goes, okay, and gets up and walks out the room. And Strom stands there widens his arms and then it cuts to something else like yeah. he's gonna say something <laughs> well that like i mean i've complained a, f a couple of times here <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, about the editing in the saw movies yeah 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 this one here goes right back to pissing me off <laughs> with how irritating <laughs> yeah. it is because when we get to like Agent Rig, we're just gonna jump the story a little bit here. Where yeah, yeah. Agent Rig ends up getting, I mean, he wanders around his apartment. His wife's leaving him because he's so obsessed with finding Matthews and solving the jigsaw killers. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he's wandering around his apartment, which looks like a horror movie set with sheets <laughs> yeah, laying like, everywhere. I'm decorating. Like, I'm just like, that's he's already place. in a saw set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, oh, he's a police officer, but he gets surprised by, <laughs> yeah. by the pig wearing thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, so that's just stupid but okay he wakes up in the bathtub <laughs> like the first movie yeah and he's been given a game to go and rescue or he perceives to go and rescue his friend matthews who he's been looking for for since saw two yeah and uh but he's also told like you need to stop like when he went to try to rescue carrie he burst through the door in a panic to try to get to her and he was told you don't rush through unsecured doors it's yeah. dangerous you yeah. get yourself you or other people killed other people killed yeah so like oh, okay i'm kind of learning what jigsaw's trying to say here yeah, right yeah, away yeah. yeah and he ends up going to an apartment and he finds Brenda strapped to a chair. Uh, no, it's it's still his apartment. Oh, okay. He's still inside his apartment, right. which is amazing because Rig has gone to sleep or, or been knocked out and then woken up and whoever's... Brenda's in his uh, living room. Constructed this fucking, man, you know, thing inside Riggs's fucking living room with all these pictures. Like, he must have been out for like three hours or something, a minimum to put these things. Um, but yeah, this is, this is Jigsaw's way of... Getting you to see what I see. 
um, which I thought was a cool twist, especially with the way Saw movies had always been considered torture porn, you know, and innocent people just being ripped up for no reason. Now we're, we're taking the idea from number three and we're putting guilty people in these traps. And especially with Riggs. I mean, I, I, I don't think Riggs' character is very well, a, a very well developed character in the entire Saw Agreed. series. I think his, but I do like that you needed this movie to kind of get away from the, oh, Jigsaw was just mercilessly killing people for the sake of killing people. I mean, like, take this woman, for example, in this trap. She she gets young girls and she sets them up, you know. and they, Trafficking. She yeah. Sex trafficking and all this. So she's bad. Mm -hmm. But she's in this sore trap against her will and it's going to cause her harm. So she's innocent? Well, I mean, she's not innocent, but she doesn't deserve, like, this treatment. Oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe she does. Well, well, <laughs> she, yeah, in a way she kind of does because... He does try to help her. She gets scalped. It's such a cool little kind of effect of her her hair being pulled back. When that bloodline appears oh. and starts sprouting like that, it's it's wincing, isn't it? You're like, oh damn, yeah. that's horrible. I don't think it's as good as the 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 blue girl from number three yeah. being frozen. You know, I think that's still a better effect. But this one's still pretty good. Her screaming. You know, him trying to help her, trying to shoot the mechanism. Now, yeah, he shoots the mechanism instead of shooting her hair. <laughs> it's just like you idiot what are you doing like and he runs into the kitchen he's like oh, I can't find a knife you're wasting time detective he's taking out Detons. every piece of cutlery yeah. in his whole kitchen yeah, bravo bravo, bravo, Saul. bravo. Saul. that was fun <laughs> and he comes back and he's like oh there's a safe numbers on the contraption oh, that's how we get you out and I'm like you could have jammed the mechanism you could have shot her hair you could have broken some of this stuff on the side to make a blade to cut her hair all the stuff like but again panic in the situation yeah. stupid cops not thinking yeah. but the thing that I wanted to go back to was the editing here because this sequence doesn't just play out. No, it, it cuts. It does the the, the dissolve or the, the quick wipe yeah. transition back to the police precinct, and it's like, look, I've got some fingerprints, and then back to the trap, and then look, <laughs> oh, we, we know who these add up to, and oh, back to the trap. Yeah, and like like constantly cutting back to the police that are just sat around, or a police officer bursting into a door with some information. Yeah. Like, Go away! Like we're in the middle of a trap sequence here. Yeah. So I hated that it was the film kept going. Hey, we got all these storylines going on at once. Let's edit them all in together. It's it's because they're trying to do what the other movies done and put in these red herrings, you know, to make you you know if you've been following the series like I had, I knew how this was all going to play out. So every time somebody went, I've got a piece of evidence. I'm like, Jigsaw, put that there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've just found this clue. Jigsaw, fucking put that there, mate. Oh, I'm about to go into this room that I have no idea. The Jigsaw will tell you to go in there. Yeah, right. Then it's fucking, it's, it's set up, okay? Um, so the, the twist is that Brenda was also played a tape before Rig woke up so that she then needs to kill Rig. And so there's actually a giant knife planted in, underneath the TV. Yeah, yeah. She goes and attacks him and then he literally throws her into the next scene so back to the police again <laughs> but then she, she's dying isn't it and yeah. Rick realises that yeah he's made the mistake he shouldn't have let her out he kind of should have let the trap do its business to her because otherwise she could have could have killed him um, but he does head then to this next place um, which is probably one of the harshest traps I think in the one of the in the entire series and it's this hotel manager who is a, a pedophile, a, yeah, a, or a rapist, or he's definitely a rapist, and he's horrible. Um, and so Rig rigs him up <laughs> to to this hotel room um, bed, and basically Ivan has to free himself by these two little switches, 
that he has to fire these spikes into each one of his eyes. And if he doesn't do it in a certain time limit, his arms and legs that are tied up are going to be ripped off. It's fucking harsh, mate. Well, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him to die. Like, I'm like, you're a sick piece of awfulness. You're a sick piece of work. So, and that's what I always love because Rig is in that situation. We are supposed to be, you know, relating to Rig yeah. at Riggs. And he doesn't want to do this. But then again, he's a police officer. He knows he should do this and to put him in the trap. Oh, no, he's, he's, he sh as a police officer, he shouldn't be putting him in the trap. But as uh, a human who wants to get his friend back, he'll do anything to save Matthews. And so yeah, that includes being an accomplice to Jigsaw and helping murder this man yeah, to but, get the next clue. But that's the trick, isn't it? Because Jigsaw's just like, you're supposed to just walk away. If, yeah. he, if he just walks away right now, he would save everybody. Well, that that is the whole gimmick with this film, is that this is the first Saw movie where the protagonist is not really in a Saw trap. Like he could, he could just like get a bus and like leave town he could. like immediately. Can, can, he could have left with, with his wife. wife. He could have left exactly. with his wife. Yeah. He is not being forced to play the game. It's the fact that he is obsessed with finding his friend and obsessed with figuring out Jigsaw that Jigsaw is able to string him along so so easily, and he's not learning his lesson. But I also like the idea. Stram brings it up that Riggs is being. Uh, recruited, which I thought was a great idea because we'd already had the Amanda idea that, you know, Jigsaw had apprentices um, and it's leaning more into that, the cult of Jigsaw, I suppose it should be, where other people have that ideology of vigilantism, you know, moral traps, making people, you know, appreciate the lives that they're given and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this guy gets, he gets one hook in the fucking eye, which you kind of wince, but you're like, yay! And then the timer runs out and the limbs just fucking fly. And it, it's it's not over excessive. I think it's incredibly well done where you just get the shot of the limb, the square of the blood, the scream, and Riggs' face of, I'm not going back in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, but the uh, we follow the agents in there a yeah. bit later on. I'm like, oh, this is messy. <laughs> this is messy. Like his torso's off the bed now. <laughs> yeah, like, he must have tried to, I don't know, pull himself off and look for help or something. But yeah, now nah, he he was fucked up. <laughs> Um, at the same time, we've been following Hoffman. Hoffman has been kidnapped. Um, he's been put onto this chair. He's been tied to the chair. And he's there hanging uh, in, a, in his own trap with Detective Eric Matthews, who we find out is not only alive, but he's kind of been taken care of. I say taken care of. He was forced in a cell. Right. Uh, dressed a fed in a slop. Gym. Fed slop. You know, his, his leg is you know, fucking barely fucking hanging well, on. I, I like that the shot where you, you see him turn up and he's got the um, the brace under his yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, you know, at least they're kind of looking after they're, Matthews they're, a little bit. They're looking after him. But apparently Donnie Wahlberg again was not going to be available for this film. Yeah. Uh, and so it kind of, at the last minute, he was like, actually, I'm available for Saw 4. So they quickly changed the script to get him in there. Wow. Because originally, Riggs' wife, Tracy, was going to be suspended over the ice trap. Oh, right. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. And so I was like... Yeah, okay, maybe 
I, I, from what we've seen of Rick, he cares much more about Matthews than his wife. Yeah. So yeah. I think having Matthews there makes sense. But I guess as an audience member, you'd think it'd have more of an emotional impact having his wife there. But it would. But I also think it also finishes off the storylines that we have been following. Because, absolutely. Because absolutely. we didn't see what happened to Matthews in number three. Well, so this is a good we kind of We're kind of led to believe that Matthews died off screen in three when Amanda says yes I'm a killer and we already saw her go back and kill Adam yeah so when Jigsaw's but like I was... despise murderers but he also says I went back and cleaned up your mess yeah we didn't actually know what either of them meant yeah so yeah. if you die off screen in Saw you're not dead you, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> right? yeah that's what I started to find as well um but we also find out that Art the lawyer that we'd seen in the trap he is involved in this he's kind of spoilers in a bit of a, a Zep position from Saw 1, where he himself has been... He's been forced into a second trap. Yeah. You know, and we don't see what really the contraption on his back does. Or like what a kind spine of pincher, maybe? Yeah, it doesn't actually have a, a payoff in the movie. It, it looks cool. Um, but he's there, and he's saying to like the two of them, like, no, you need to stay alive for the next 90 minutes. Um and fucking Eric Matthews is balancing on this big block of ice with a noose around his neck. And Hoffman sat in a chair where the water, the, the ice is melting and the water is going to flow down. And if the weight is forced, Hoffman will be electrocuted. So it's like, holy shit, this is, this is in depth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we follow as well Riggs to a school. Um, we get a bit of a flashback to show that he had to deal with this mother and father where the daughter was being abused physically, um, the mother's protecting it, the father was obviously doing it. And he gets to the trap, but he actually, the trap's over. Well, the trap wasn't really for him, it was for him to kind of spectate or witness, yeah, or yeah. you know, Jigsaw's still teaching him. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty much a trap for them. And again, it was a classroom saying similar to Troy. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I want to go back to Saw 2 a little bit, because a lot of them have little cameos here in the hospital section, uh, when uh, when John is waiting outside, oh, right. the uh, the prostitute from two uh, solicits him at the car. Oh yeah! There's a fight that breaks out in the hospital, and with this guy that we'll know as Cecil, and this guy that punches him was the guy that gets shot in the eye in Saw Two. Oh nice! And I also believe the guy that has the chains trap is also in the hospital in sequence that... as well. So I was like, yeah, oh, there's all these little callbacks. I was yes. like, it's kind of weird that they would all be in the same location at the exact same time. Yeah, but. It's, it's what it is but yeah like him going into school, I was like it's a bit too like we have this flashback memory of this sequence right before he walks into the room with these two people it's like oh okay yeah but again it's, it's teaching Rig something uh, but there is a, a little point of contention I think in this film where the film kind of treats the victim of domestic abuse as the, as part of the problem as the people learned her lesson has she been taught the error of her ways does she now view the world differently? Kind of. Kind of. Now, the way I see it was that she was uh, to blame because she was, like, not not doing anything. She was seeing it and not saying it or reporting it or doing anything to stop it. Yeah, which is, is, is kind of fair i suppose when it's it, it, your it's child stepping as on... well but it's, it's very loose moral i i, yeah. I know i know what you're meaning like the dad is a bad guy with me yeah the dad is a bad guy but in 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 saw's way in jigsaw's way 
the they're mum is also a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and so they both have to play. And if and and in Saw's own way, in, in the movie's own way, if the mum is strong enough to fight against it, she'll survive like they normally do. Well, not just that. I mean, the way I see it is that the game's been set so that if she pulls the rods out, yeah, um, he'll killed. bleed to death yeah. and he'll heal. But if they both stay there, um, they'll both they'll both, they'll both die. But yeah. Uh, at least with him with the rods in he will he will live much longer yeah so she could have kept them both alive if she had pushed the rods through re- freed herself but left the rods in him then they would have both probably yeah, yeah, made it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, but no yeah. she pulls all the rods out like and once he's again, trying to hold them once again they're panicking dude she's well, hanging yeah. in it she's but just no, walking up to the classroom with spikes for her she at this at this point in time seems to want him to die oh yeah yeah it's yeah, her she, chance yeah she um, she wants him to die but yeah. Rig helps her get out of the contraption he's dead and then he gets the clue to go on to the next location yeah and and on top of that we've also got Stram and Perez walking around because they've been given evidence that two detect or two agents are going to possibly die so they think it's the two people from the department but as they start to investigate it, they realize that actually whoever is in charge of the game is leaving them information and telling them, look, back off, leave this alone. Which, in a way, gives the Jigsaw character, whoever it is, you know, a moral because they're actually saying to some people, look, you're not part of this. Stay back or I will make you part of it. And that's what you won't like. Or I'll make Billy the, the, the doll explode in your face. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Heed my warning, Agent Perez. Your next move is critical. I mean, Perez takes it. She gets way too close. Why the fuck would you walk too close to that shit? And then she just takes all that plaster to the face, which completely sets Stram off now. You know, he he tells everybody his his partner's dead. There's a sequence because yeah, I don't think Perez is dead. I think no. she went into the back of the hospital. But... No, spoiler, she comes back, but she's supposed to be dead. You know? oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like there's a sequence where Strom is now interrogating Jill again, yeah. and it does the standard typical saw flashing images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I was like, let me go and look at those images because there was something not right there. And in if you freeze frame it, Strom has got the gun to his head. Yeah, and then he's got the gun underneath his chin like he's gonna blow his own brains out yeah, I'm like go through some mental like this shit. guy is unhinged he's unhinged <laughs> and i, I want to go back as well because we'd we we'd seen some of the flashbacks to john kramer's life um which i thought i've always thought is just great because when you have horror characters when you have a horror series your your um your, your main character is normally just a faceless killer you know, they put a mask on or they don't put a mask on. They go around, they kill a bunch of people and they're normally evil for doing it. So that's their justification. With John Kramer, however, you know, he was a, a businessman. He was an engineer. He liked his work. He built a clinic for his his wife, you know, and they were taking care of drug adult people throughout the city. He was actually trying to do good things until ultimately his, his unborn son was killed um, by by one of these uh, drug addicts at the clinic, pushing a door open into his into Jill's belly and killing the child off. Obviously, this on top of John Kramer going to the hospital and finding out he's got a brain 
issue which is inoperable you know him looking out at the world and realizing that actually the world is full of shit people that are just taking advantage of things and he's he he himself is a victim of all of this at this moment that he tries to commit suicide and he's unable to do it thus bringing on the persona of of jigsaw and so he gets cecil the guy who caused the death of his unborn son and he puts it in what you would consider probably the first ever sword trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically he's he's bleeding at both the wrists as he's strapped into the chair. And this brace gets put on filled with knives that he has to push his head forward far <laughs> enough yeah. that it will release the restraints and he can get out of the trap. It's like that's that's that's. That's nasty. That's nasty. Now, you know, just so you know, the the the, the actual trap contraption itself, all of the blades were made of wood. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it was, so he can push as hard as he wants. They were you know, so the effect with all the blood and yeah. everything else and the screams was like, yeah, that's that's nasty. The blood seems a bit much. I find about well, a bit maybe much, maybe, maybe. But it's it's still cool. It's a cool effect. Yeah. Still, and of yeah. course, the chair drops down. He collapses. He's like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. And Jigsaw's like, Yeah, come on then. Go yeah, on, then. and we on. already saw this barbed wire contraption behind him, and he just whoop, just whips him in there, and he just traps himself and flies like, himself. Oh, and it's just like this. the barbed wire trap from another yes. sort of movie. <laughs> and it's it's just amazing setup. And you know, Joe even has this confrontation with with John um, after he's changed into Jigsaw, and she's like, "I lost my son too," and he she, he tells her, "Just leave, don't ever come back." You know that that to me is. I know he's not a good guy. Right. I know he's bad for hurting people. But I watched the Saw series and I thought to myself, if something happened to my family, my loved ones, if, if the world had just gone shit, you know, you, you, you've got two real choices then. You can either give up or go evil. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I might go evil. If something happens to you, dude, I might just go fucking crazy. You know, oh. look, look at what Kramer did. Looked fun. <laughs> um, but Riggs as well he's gotten all of his evidence he's been told to finally uh, face the end of his game which coincides with the end of number three yes. at the same time there has been some sort of clever hints with dates and newspaper clippings and timings uh, that if you were paying attention you could figure out that actually Saw 4 is taking place at exactly the same time as Saw 3. And that becomes evident when you just see a flash of of Jeff yeah. wandering down the corridor, beating that light some more. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute. Why, why did we just cut back to the previous film? Oh, wait, we're at the Gideon warehouse. Yeah. So I'm like, well, this is where Saw 3 took place, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. And Strom has also got this evidence as well from investigating with Jill because he sees a picture and realizes that he should go there too. Yeah, I, I do actually want to go back to that interrogation. Now, I, I do like, even though I complain about the edits, I also do like to uh, to applaud when the film does something kind of unique or cr creative with, with its edits. Was the transition with Kramer? It's, a, it's another transition yeah. where where John is sat in the chair. Jill's laying in the bed beside him and he's holding her hand. Yeah. And then the camera pans down and then we see a little... Well, you're probably not supposed to notice this, but you see the light flickering there. And then the camera pans up again and then it pans over as John gets up and looks through the two-way mirror. Yeah. And then Jill is sat in the chair in the interrogation room. Mm. And uh, I was like, but that was not an edit. That was all one in-camera shot. Nice. Where Jill was laying in the bed and then as the camera moved down... 
so that her hand was out of frame. And as it comes back up, it's either a prop hand or it's somebody else's hand, which explains the light flickering as Jill's quickly getting out of the bed, running around the set to get into the interrogation room chair and sit down as the camera pans up. And I was like, yeah, that was seamless. It's really well done. It's less obnoxious than the quick jump flash edits that we get throughout the film so it's like when you do it cleverly like that where you build the sets next to each other it's really impressive i really like that yeah yeah and and like i said everything just comes to a head we've got we've got rig coming up to his trap we've got stram coming into the gideon factory as well we've got jeff about to confront amanda lynn and and jigsaw and so rig comes up to the door and art has already given a gun to detective matthews Telling him that just hope whoever comes through that door doesn't come through because you have to shoot them. And it's just all counting down to the point where, once again, nobody's listening. Riggs decides, oh, fuck this. I'm going to come through. He's being told not to come through the door. So instead he jumps through the glass, which immediately gets him shot by Matthews, which immediately sets off the trap that brings two giant ice blocks and smashing Detective Matthews' head to fucking pieces. (laughs) Fucking Art's been shot as well, and he's about to get up, because he's about to give some evidence to fucking Rig, but Rig shoots him in the face as well, so his trap doesn't go off. And Riggs is just kind of lying there, fucking all pissed off, because everybody's dead around him. And Hoffman gets out of his chair, and just kind of has that presence that you've been kind of seeing throughout the last bunch of movies, that Hoffman's actually been in on it, this entire time and so the movie goes back and flashes all the sequences and all the evidence and all the loose bits of dialogue that you should have picked up to go oh this is what he meant if rig had not gone through the door if he had not done any of this everybody would have survived and it's one of the things you said it earlier like if you die off screen you know you there's a chance you can come back he's not right he doesn't he doesn't they don't shoot him here fucking fucking hoffman just goes game over and closes the door yeah but then we also see uh detective strom is also locked into whatever room he was in as well well he's he strom has just come up on um on jeff who has just seen lynn die and has just killed jigsaw so he shoots yeah he shoots and kills jeff Jeff. i was like oh geez and then hoffman shuts the door on strom and that's supposed to end it all to the next movie to make everything all kind of make sense again. Yeah, because like you get to the end of this movie and like we're still at the end of Saw Three. Yeah, like we've not gone any further except for Hoffman playing the tape next after the autopsy. Yeah. So, like, so what does that mean? Where's the little girl? Where's Jeff's little girl? I know. It's... But then I was just like, but if you were paying attention when Hoffman is like, oh, I've got a, I've got a daughter, but it's a short story. Don't worry. Yeah. The the little pet toy thing that he's got under his arm is actually the same prop that we saw the little girl with in the previous movie yeah, so yeah. it's just like the connections are there yeah. the hints are there the hints like are i there. said the writers they planned out quite well yeah uh, i'd say uh, uh especially for a fourth entry for in fourth the franchise. in a fucking franchise yeah. i can name you a lot of horror movies where the fourth film fucking sucked well we didn't end up in space this time no that's it that's it at least with this one i was you know at the end of number four i'm like oh i need more need more (laughs) well yeah tell me more about saw four what were your favorite scenes oh man obviously i loved all of the traps in saw four um yes they're over the top they make no sense about how they set them up in those time limits but i gave up with that with number two you know i don't care the girl getting scalped is fucking harsh the pedophile in the bed is probably one of the harshest fucking ones I've I've ever. And the fact that like this one and the classroom one, they hit you emotionally. 
There's not many traps leading up to this one that I could actually remember. Or maybe, like I said, the girl and, and the rack as well in number three, where, where they're associated to the person's family. You know, something has happened and you're like... Oh, how do I how do I feel? Would I try to help this person, knowing full well that they're a rapist, pedophile, and that they're going to go be tortured and in, in pain, or do I kind of want to see it happen? Like Gary said, a lot of the. A lot of the story stuff can be a little bit convoluted, especially with some of the editing. But I, I do like how they set up Strom and Perez on top of the detectives that we've already had. You know, they didn't really pay off Kerry's story very well. I don't know what department she works in. You know, Riggs seems a bit forced. Hoffman's a character that just happened to become the main character after, you know, having no dialogue at all. Here come the FBI agents to try to investigate it all. So I kind of feel like them. You know, I'm looking from the outside at all this evidence. Like, how does it all connect? And then as the film gets towards the end, I'm like, uh, yeah. uh yours? Yeah, there's, uh, of course, you said the traps. The, the traps. traps. <laughs> the, the, I think at this point, I'm just turning up to see the traps yeah. and see whether people get out of them or not. And how gory is it going to be? Yeah, it's going yeah. to be more so than the last one. Yeah. So yeah, that's literally what 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 as an audience member, this is almost what I'm here for. Getting a convoluted story that kind of intertwines throughout the whole series narrative is just icing on this <laughs> trap cake. I the guess. Trap cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the bloody gory autopsy at the start, like mm. whether it's scientifically accurate biology. I don't care. It's disgusting. And it feels horrible. And seeing the brain come... Like, the brain just plops out of the skull. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I, like I'm not a doctor, but I know that that shouldn't just plop out like that. Bloop. <laughs> uh, still, uh, stomach churning. I had to look away momentarily. Uh. Uh, yeah, the two dudes chained together in that room, uh, slowly cranking in. I was like, yeah, that's that's a nasty device. And uh, we don't actually get to see the trap pay off because, well, these people kill each other yeah. and get out. <laughs> Jill losing her child when that door slams shut oh, on her. Is, uh, I, 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 even though I knew it's coming, I'd still find it hard to watch. Man, I tell, you, I tell you a story, actually. My wife was pregnant at the same time I watched this film. And after watching this, I told everybody to make sure they opened doors outwards as she was coming towards them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fear, yeah, man. Exactly. Fear. It, that, it's a nasty image in, in the film, yeah. Uh, Jigsaw versus Cecil. You know, like like after what he had done to Jill. And then, like, Jigsaw now d developing his persona, his craft. And you know, it's weird that just to see Jigsaw in the trap room with the victim in person. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, okay, it was kind of cool to see. And then watching him fly into the barbed wire afterwards. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, there's a sequence when they're at the crime scene in the school after the couple uh, have, uh, well, after she's got away and he's died. Yeah. And there's a crime scene photographer in there taking photos. And then all of a sudden, one of the nail traps just goes off and pins her to the wall and kills oh, her. Oh, shit. It's just like, whoa, where did that come from? Look out. Uh, yeah, and of course, the, the Billy Bomb. Exploding in Perez's face was like that was that was cool. Uh, there was also uh, a couple of things that obviously you notice, like uh, Hoffman having the toy under his arm. I was like, that's cool. Mm. Uh, but there was also another thing which I think pays off in a later movie. But during one of the interrogation scenes, Jill has this giant key necklace. Oh yeah, which yeah, looks yeah. very similar to the one that Amanda had yeah. in the previous film as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, that didn't come into effect in this film at all. But like, it's 
it's there. It's there. So yeah, yeah. So I think this film, like I said, it knows it's planting seeds for what's to come as well because we also find out that Hoffman wrote the note that went in the drawer that Amanda found that caused her to react that way. Yes. Um, and would, whatever Jigsaw had left for her, we don't know what happened to that. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so there's still more unanswered questions. There are more. So, yeah, they're still memorable because you're like, tell me. Uh, and I guess like what the last sequence is just the bizarre sequence of Strom like waving the gun at his own head <laughs> as he's interrogating Jill. Like, what? what, what? Yeah, know. still uh, quite quite memorable moments in the film though. Ian, do you recommend Saw 4? I do wholeheartedly recommend Saw 4. Um, this was the point for me in the series that I was like, oh, this is my series now. You know, it's it's fun. People had, people had dropped off the Saw series, as the movies had come out, they, they'd waned, they'd lost interest. But I kept noticing all the little clues and little things in the movies that made it stand out in comparison to other horror franchises. You know, especially with this one, you know, that fucking ice block thing at the end always just sticks in my mind. When I think of Saw, I don't think of Carrie was fucking chopping his leg off. I think of fucking Donnie Wahlberg's head getting smashed by two fucking ice blocks. Because I'm like, who put that up there? Who went, oh, get two giant, three giant ice blocks, two to put up there, one on the floor. Let's not let them melt while we hook this guy up six months after he's fucking broken his leg. It's so stupid, but that's what you want from a horror movie. The, the moral lessons, the bloody lessons, the gore, the way it makes you feel. And the fact that it's leading into number five with the story still behind it. Yes. Yeah. I'm also going to be recommending Saw 4. As I think it's a fairly well-crafted horror film with plenty of gore, traps, twists and turns and returning characters. It tells its own story while overlapping the previous entry in a cool narrative twist that's hinted at for eagle-eyed viewers and definitively concludes the stories for many surviving characters while exploring the history of Jigsaw. I think the writers did a fairly good job making sure most plot threads were addressed and explored, but also a little weary at how episodic this formula is starting to feel. Almost a little too stretched out, but still, it's inventive and creative, especially for a fourth movie in a horror franchise. Saw 4 has all the hallmarks of what you'd expect with this entry. You know, the, the same flashy jump cuts, the heavy green and red filter, swift and neat set transitions, devious and horrifying traps or games, and people, or this time, agents, doing or making stupid decisions. <laughs> the doll, the tapes, the music, and the twist ending, it's all there. Performances are pretty good all round. Great that they gave Tobin Bell more scenes considering he was very dead in the last film. And the new characters, or fodder, complemented the established cast well enough. I just wish the Hoffman twist was a little more subtle, but otherwise it was well done. It's a great Saw movie. It's absolutely the real start of milking this horror cash cow, but milked well enough to want to find out what happens next. <laughs> you think it's over... But the games have just begun. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. You're the savior, John. Get the fuck out of here.